0: This is Room in the Trees, a podcast about living a creative life. Room in the Trees is hosted by Trent Reynolds and me, Sabrina Ward-Harrison.
1: Show notes including pictures, links, video, and more for every episode can be found at roominthetrees.com.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Sabrina Ward-Harrison and at Trent Reynolds Art. And now, here's this week's episode.
1: I've had this happen multiple times throughout my life where I will not have thought about a person for a very long time. Like it will be somebody that I met years ago and then all of a sudden they'll pop into my mind like, ah, I wonder what that person's doing. And then they'll like, like call me the next day or, or walk in front of me like two seconds later. Like that is, that's happened to me more times than, than feels like just strictly coincidental
0: what's that all about? Right. What's that about? That's that feeling of like, is there, are we energetically so much more connected than we really give ourselves, you know, the belief to realize. And I I I, always uh, wonder like when you're when someone comes to your mind, does, does they, do they, are they thinking, do you come to their mind?
1: Right. Hmm. Yeah. What were you going to say? I I, I was going to say, uh, I grew up on stories of my grandmother, uh, my grandma Reynolds, uh, apparently just was extremely uh, intuitive. Like, um, I don't know if I've Mm. told you these stories before, but she will like one time she woke up out of a dead sleep and said, Judy, my dad's older sister, Judy's been in an accident, but she's okay. And then like 10 (sighs) minutes later, the they get a telephone call from the police your daughter judy's been in an accident but she's okay you know and or my dad says like, wow. like whenever he he came home from college he wouldn't tell his mom when he was coming home what time when he left or anything like that and whenever he got home she would wake up like 10 or 15 minutes before and set him out milk and cookies you know or something like um uh, you know wow. just knowing that he was gonna be there so it's like i grew up on stories like this uh you know, the just yeah. this incredible, like, just sensitivity to that, and I don't even I don't know that, I don't know what that is. Inspiration, revelation, intuition. Don't know.
0: Let's talk about the word revelation. I like that word a lot. Okay. What's the official definition of revelation?
1: Well, Sabrina, let it's me like, look that up right now. I've got the internet. Right here. Revel. Define. <laughs> yeah, the revel. Uh, define revel. Celebration. Um, a surprising and previously unknown fact, especially one that yeah. is made known in a dramatic way. <sighs> oh, well, so an I suppose. Well, I wonder if it's a, a surprising and previously unknown fact, but it's not made known in an especially uh, dramatic way. Would it not be a revelation? Maybe it would just be like a a food for thought. I don't know. Or maybe it's it's not an interesting factor at all, but it's it wasn't known previously. <laughs> that's like it's that's like really one that of those. <laughs> that's one of those like fake superpowers, you know, like. Like some, some yeah. guy's super, <laughs> some, some guy's superpower is like, he can see the future, but it's only like stuff that doesn't matter at all. Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Like what, where's the line between something that's just information? And then <laughs> like, where's that, where's that line? Where is that line officially drawn Where something has a revelation? <laughs> something's just information that. Do you find out <laughs> like, is it something you've been, you've been um, longing for or you've, you've, you've lacked and you needed to know. Right. Like,
1: or could it just be a revelation that,
0: that you know, <laughs> uh,
1: tomorrow's going to be a good day, you know, another, another day tomorrow. <laughs> like what is it? it's gotta be, What's signif- it, it's gotta it be
0: an example of what the revelation significant uh yeah
1: this uh this definition does not give uh the divine or supernatural disclosure to humans of something related to human existence <laughs> or the other world so yeah like revelation often associated with religious uh you know practice or belief using to emphasize the surprising or remarkable quality of someone or something Okay, the last book of New Testament recounting divine revelation of the future of St. John. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, no examples. Uh, maybe I could type into Google best revelation, revelation <laughs> ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what this. It says. Uh, it's all like stuff <laughs> that like book of revelations stuff. Um, oh, uh, yeah, best. What's a casual? What's a
0: casual revelation?
1: <laughs> casual
0: <laughs> revelation. Oh, gosh. oh god! Like I think I feel like when Sean kind of shared, confessed his feelings for me was felt like a revelation, sort of.
1: Yeah, for sure. So have there been have there been moments? I guess creatively speaking, uh, like when you're making artwork, where you feel like something has been made known to you about yourself or about what you're creating or uh, a, a way forward it with a project um, that you feel like was uh, external to yourself. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, I got a new idea. It was like you felt like information was oh. given you.
0: Oh, I always, I always feel that in moments of juxtaposing images, when pages come together as a spread. I always, I talk to my students about that feeling of, like, the alchemy. It's kind of an where you, the you. I don't know if this is a very good example, but a feeling of like, oh my gosh, that was so meant to go with this one over here, and I would have never put them together, and they landed together, and it just completely works. And but I'm not sure if that's a revelation, but. Or discovering a certain material, like going, oh my gosh, this thing is awesome.
1: (laughs) Well, it's like, I guess to take like the same root of the world is like to be, to reveal like, like it feels like in those moments, something has been revealed to you, like uh, exposed to you or become clear that wasn't clear before, you know, where these two things like were meant to be together, you know, or somehow relate in a, in a profound way. I think that could be. Be a revelation. What about you? Oh goodness, I think probably similarly. There, there haven't been like moments really when the heavens have opened up and you know a, a little scroll with with some you know sentence <laughs> on it, and like you know it descends and I open it up and find out something. But there have been, there have been, uh, there have definitely been moments where I feel like I have been taught something. Or I learned something that doesn't feel like necessarily a natural progression of thoughts and information I already had in my brain, you know, like, mm-hmm. like it was at, as if something external was being communicated to me um, that wasn't of my own creation or own natural, uh, you know, trajectory. So I'm, I'm trying to kind of dance around. Yeah, I, Can you think of that what that
0: is? You keeping um, that a secret? Or
1: do we get to know? No, to no, know that's that? the thing is it's, uh, it's not, <laughs> the, there's not something that it, I don't think it's a process where it's like words is the problem and it, we're trying to, try, trying to communicate it as if it were words, but it'll be moments when, uh, you know, a color or a texture or like a process, like, uh, or a paper will be sitting, uh, off to the side and it, like the thought will pop into my mind, like do this. And then I do that. And it's like, I would have never done that before. i never thought, I don't know. If uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. But it's like,
0: yeah, it's, I know you, what you're
1: talking I, about. We often talk about, you know, the conversation of, of creativity, like that. It's not just you imposing your will, but yeah. it's like this back and forth, you know, that you actually learn something or your, your artwork starts to communicate something back to you of what it needs or, or what's working and what's not working and that very much feels like uh yeah i guess maybe a kind of kind of revelation Hmm. i have to think about that
0: well and that's why we we ultimately that whole thing about how we create we put ourselves in the situation to create so that we have moments like that i mean that 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 the alchemy that the euphoria that can come and the struggle and the like the oh, the grit of struggle in the creative process and the but then the revelations of like oh my gosh this paint is like is exactly the right you know this where things fall mm-hmm. into line in a surprising revealing way
1: right I, like another uh, word that i feel like is closely related to me is resonance like um yeah, revelation is revelation is like it's the right thing at the right time and it comes from right. somewhere unanticipated or unknown right and resonance is similarly it's like these two things happen to come together at the right moment in the right place right and there's this kind of resonance that could happen no other way you know does that make sense
0: yep so let's look at the definition of resonance yeah the quality in a sound of being deep, full, and reverberating. Once
1: there was a game. Um, <laughs>
0: That's
1: what I think of when it's deep, In physics, on.
0: Resonates describes a phenomenon <laughs> of amplification that occurs when the frequency of a periodically applied force is in harmonic pr- proportion to a natural frequency in the system of which it acts.
1: So I think I, I think I got a good 20% of that, but like that. It, the idea, yeah, of like, <laughs> I, or even harmony, like a... Yeah, harmony, it, it right. Like resonance doesn't necessarily have to be like matching frequencies. It could be uh, like harmonized or somehow complementary frequencies. What's your frequency?
0: Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the thing called, they call it tapping? It's called EFT or something like that. It's this thing where you tap and it changes your brain um, patterning. It's like, I heard about it in this Um, course I'm taking I have
1: not, but I just looked it up real quick. What is EFT tapping? Uh, Emotional freedom technique is an alternative treatment for physical pain and emotional distress. It's also referred to as tapping or psychological acupressure. People who use this technique believe tapping the body can create a balance in your own system and in treatment pain. I haven't heard of that, but actually um, I think it, it sounds like it's related to this thing that uh, Liv is going through right now. Um, After the, after our oh, car accident, right. she, she yeah. just is super anxious about stuff, you know, like she gets, yeah. she gets scared really easily and she just flips out, you know, goes to like a hundred percent overdrive of like crying mm-hmm. and, she's just really oh, traumatized. No. Yeah. So, uh, she's been meeting with this, uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, um, and she's working with a technique where I, I guess they makes, she makes some kind of sound or movement or something like that. Why they talk about it?
0: Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm going to, there's a, there's an acronym for it and I can't remember what that is, but it's kind of sounds similar to this where there's some kind of physical component to the or or like interactive type thing that's going on while you're.
0: So um, can she do it to herself?
1: I think it's you do, you're doing some kind of movement or activity or interaction while talking about a traumatic event and somehow the process of making uh, this sound. I'm I'm sure people are aware of this that are listening to this and could do a much better job of explaining it. I'll have to, I'll have to talk to Laura about that again. Okay. Get back to you.
0: Well, that's great. She's getting some help with it.
1: Yes, yes, it has been, you know, it has taken its toll for sure. That that ha- accident was a rough one.
0: Uh, it's amazing you're all okay.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, it is. It is. So this past week, or actually, uh-huh. you know, for this past for a long, long time, I've been thinking a lot about... uh you know what what kind of art teacher I want to be. What I what I'm most interested in communicating to an audience. You know these types of things that you and I have talked about. Uh-huh. And as we talk about resonance and revelation, and you know these moments where uh, you have this kind of transcendent transcendent experience when creating. It's occurred to me that to uh, that's the kind of experience I want to help people have, as opposed to. I, you know, I guess a productive line of questioning has also been, what do you not want to be a teacher of? Or what do you not right, want to? Right, right, And right. so what I don't want, and I'm not necessarily interested in teaching people, is how to sell artwork or make artwork that will sell well or be marketable or how to market yourself or, yeah. you, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and I realized yes, like yes. I've had so many students over the years, you know, that are motivated by so many different things. And obviously one of the big things is like, how do I sell my work? You know, where do I sell it? How do I sell yeah. it? How do I talk about it so that it sells? What kind of artwork do I make that is more marketable than other artwork? Um, so I guess that was kind of a, that was a revelation. Speaking of revelation, that was kind of a an important, dot, the important dots for me to connect this week is that I realized that. I have no desire and it doesn't really motivate me personally uh, thinking about the making money and making my stuff appealing yeah. for somebody yeah. else, you know? So anyway, I thought that to me this and week, I-
0: that's a very good differentiation because there, one wouldn't even be thinking about those two. There's they're such separate channels going in different directions. Like you are passionate about the experience of, the, the creative process and the adventure of that mm-hmm. and other people are wanting there's other there's other aspects of people that want just straight up i want to learn how to do this so i can sell it and make money doing it and they're so right. different but they could be under the same umbrella as an art class you know art exactly l- learning exactly. art and so they're very different yeah i yeah. just
1: you know been looking around at what other people offer online, the kinds of uh, classes and instruction that goes on. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there where it's like, learn how to, you know, the five top tips of, or like 10 best practices for setting yourself up for success. Or, you know, like even that, that whole ethos is so contrary to what motivates me and what I want to communicate. You know, I want to people to, to, to transcend you know to connect uh, with something higher yeah. to grow and learn and feel more fulfilled and I- express themselves more truthfully like those are the types of um, experiences i guess that i long for personally and and excite me most when i see other people uh, able to get there so anyway I, I i guess i wanted that was also a question like how would you characterize what you are trying. This is. I guess we talk about this all the time. I don't know if this is such a, a new, new conversation to have because it's.
0: No 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> no.
1: I guess. How would if you were to if you were to say one thing that motivates you or what you are trying to teach people. Beyond the, just the generic, I want to teach people to be creative. Like, what is it that you're actually trying to provide them with that motivates you to continue to seek out opportunities to teach, right? Like, or, or compels you to teach? Um, and then, conversely, like, or on the opposite side of that, what is it? What are the types of things that you are not at all interested in teaching or um, helping people hmm. to achieve?
0: Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I think I'm trying to teach, um, trust and trusting in themselves, trusting themselves and their, I am passionate in seeing people come alive and get fall, oh, like open to their, um, no, we're thinking it, um, well it's just like liberate It's it's like i was saying to this in the class yesterday like we're not this class is not get really tight ass and be really controlling it's called liberate it's about like liberating the book that's inside of you so it's that process whatever that way is and coming at it from i like exploring all the different angles to come at approaching that challenge like how do you take something that people take you know there's a lot of fear and ego and and um you know self-doubt and and overwhelm that can happen in the thought of making a book and so how do we loosen that up so that there's a way that the book can trust itself to unfold and become its most alive the most alive book it can be and so like the, the kind of i like the challenge of how to approach that sideways with people so i kind of come at it not so straight on but come at it in ways that are unexpected that help open that up, mm-hmm. open that those channels up to make stronger, um, more effective work. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't teach is anything that involves rules. <laughs> like this is how you have to, you know. I think there's a there's a, pl- a place and a time for really specific things, but that's not where my 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 teaching lies in that so i'm not interested in teaching um how to draw something specifically
1: right right so like uh more formal or like just how to type stuff but that being said though you are teaching them how to liberate right there there are techniques there are uh not rules but processes what would if you had to say that there are what are Sabrina's rules in your I know you do have rules, right?
0: Well, one of them is like I just got off a call with um Allison, who's one of someone I'm doing co- sort of private coaching with her. And she's you know, she said, I feel like I've just been in an accelerated art school. This process of just like for me, she or her thing was like how I taught about spaciousness. Like you have to allow um, I think that's what I really do teach into Spaciousness and composition is, I think, where I um, there's rules around how composition can be effective in in design um, and spaciousness with regarding typography and um, just the language in general about the weight of the emotional language in pages and um, I think sequencing and I think a lot about color, too. Mm Mm-hmm um not coming at color which is because you like the color but color coming at color with with memory you know like we're doing this memory color and memory exercise that i love doing and um the process of uh, finding coming across these colors that you know someone yesterday was this great memory she said i wrote the this color triggered the memory of her best friend from first grade's mother's lipstick I was like, yes, these (laughs) random details, but like that great sense of like coming at, you know, our connection with color in a way that ties it to something, Hmm. ties it it to our life.
1: I had a friend when, I mean, this was before elementary school. This was like preschool where when I went over to his house, uh, his mom always got us McDonald's. And so ever, ever since then, Like her perfume, it triggers that for me. Like when I either, when I go to McDonald's or when I smell that perfume, it's like Mm. Tyler Hamilton, Tyler Hamilton's mom's right there. (laughs) Right. It's crazy. Oh, and I think Um,
0: those impressions that people have that just to say that at that age, you know, it's like they were such grown ups and to think we are that age now.
1: Right. Or even right.
0: older than than that age, like as adults, that impression that we <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's the strangest thing sometimes just being a father realizing like when I had this opinion of my dad, you know, thought he was so kind of with it and and, you know, yeah, knew everything and it's like my dad was actually younger than I am now, and I just don't feel like <laughs> I don't think I could compare myself to that. You know, or he probably didn't feel with it. You know, he probably didn't feel like he had it all under yeah. control. But our perception when we are kids is so so different. Yeah. Um, but what I, I wanted to go back though to to what you were saying is uh, I don't know. I think there's uh, we. Of course you don't want to like try to standardize you don't want to take things uh take the life out of and the just the variability that comes with the creative process and trying to teach and engage with people on that but i think uh i don't know i think there's it's interesting to think of like if you had to write a textbook about liberate like this is how liberate is taught Mm -hmm. it it sounds awful right because it's kind of antithetical to Mm -hmm. your whole approach um, but I do wonder what those, you know, what the what the outline would be, what the rules would be, what the guidelines, you know, the structure of it all, and how that.
0: I uh, know. Yeah, we're do doing it. it too. We because mm-hmm. we do we're we're doing a roadmap. So each phase, um, we're creating each week. There's a roadmap of like what, and I've never done that before. So it really is interesting to sort of.
1: Oh, so to, you're to actually doing that.
0: Really breaking down, yeah really so that's down fa- that's fascinating. The step-by-step process yeah that's
1: fascinating. yep does that is that difficult for you or do you feel like it's taught you or forced you to, to kind of dig deeper and trying to understand exactly what it is that you're doing or trying to do or has it
0: yeah it's very interesting because it it's making you really have to the things that you intuitively think that you just do you have to connect and remember like okay that oh that's that's a step I didn't even think of that that is a step that I take that I didn't think about was a step so each time I teaching it I'm getting clearer and clearer with like oh yeah that's that's there's that little element so and working with Megan um, who's my assistant who's able to really take my teaching and then apply it into she's she puts together the roadmaps in Canva so that um for the students so it's really helpful to have someone who has that that the, their mind can kind of hear what i'm saying and then translate that into into something that visually people can kind of um just read and follow and have you know mm-hmm. check literally have check marks like did i do this phase and even if they're abstract phases or abstract or directions a little bit like but they're but they're really they are pretty straightforward so i love so I love the experience now where we're teaching. And we're not like we're not getting bombarded with questions. It's really, they are, What we're doing is is been very effective because people are like just doing it and they're not like wait. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean by that or what's that or mm-hmm. yeah I'm, it's 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 exciting. But man, it is. Um, and I'm sure you experience this too when you're teaching online live to people and you just have these the so 41 people or but they're just staring at you and you're just like I'm just. You kind of can't even think the fact that there are people like listening to what you're saying and trying to, oh, just, you know, just, you're trying to, I'm just gesturing with my hands and explaining stuff. And we're talking about right now, like the base, the the backgrounds and the base of your book and like kind of establishing the bones and building out that. But <sighs> you get off the phone right. and you're just like, oh my God, was that just insane? I don't even know. But people right. seem to be really really loving it so getting fantastic. Into it. <laughs> it's
1: just, it is kind of daunting to think of uh, like the reality this is where...
0: not like oh maybe they'll like it or not it's like i've got to really really teach them this stuff and i've got to do it well and i'm going to do it succinctly and um and not let them mm-hmm. get overwhelmed by it and we've, we've actually tried to banish the word overwhelm because my dad a few years ago said serena you got to take that out of your vocabulary you got to stop with that yeah. word because it doesn't it's not helpful to anything so right. the students are also trying to we're all trying to not use that word because it's just it's such a go-to like catch all like yeah, i'm just overwhelmed like get over right. it yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> take
0: action yeah
1: yeah it is kind of it's like a, a word that just stops stops yeah, you, stops right? everything instead of enabling or empowering it's just like ends
0: so tell me about your process of that what what's your side of it
1: well i was, I was listening to you to describe that. And, and it just reminds me, that's why I love teaching so much. Like it just, it really forces you into a mental space of, of having to pull apart your assumptions, you know, and really try to get to the bottom of, uh, of how you understand the world and understand how these things work, because you have to figure out how to clearly communicate it to other people and other people are not you. So you have to, it forces you to kind of understand it at a, at a larger or more overarching level, I don't know. There's something. There's something to the process of dissecting your experience and your knowledge uh, in that way to try to then uh, put it back together as something that will be effective in teaching or communicating those ideas. That I, I just think is unlike any other, you know, process that I know of.
0: And I think that as a teacher, taking the risk of being seeming absolutely ridiculous for what you're asking them to do, I think that yeah. take that boldness of saying, "Go do this," and it's something you're like, "Seriously, go do that." Like, go do X, Y, and Z, which are not that don't in the moment make any sense why you're really doing them, and you're like, "I'm getting pain on my hands. I'm getting this. What am I? Why am I doing this whole thing?" And getting people to trust, but you have to be brave enough to put it out there to say, "Trust me on." You know right. confidently say this is part of it this is important too and you know and then getting over that initial like what and then going oh my god it's just been you know getting getting the the juice mm-hmm. from it and that juice is it drives the next phase and the next phase and the next phase it has to mm-hmm. kind of but you can you know as a teacher you can just feel like yay yay <laughs> yay yay
1: I, one thing I like about teaching art in particular is that you can, you have a lot more flexibility to give assignments that don't necessarily have a, uh, like a justification. Yeah. I don't know. That's maybe that's, maybe that's not the right way of saying it, but I love like as an art student, um, in my, in grad school, I did this thing where I joined a, a church on the South side of Chicago. Right. And I wasn't there as a social anthropologist. I wasn't there as like a seminary student, you know, or like I wasn't going to write in a peer reviewed journal about my experience and nobody really knew why I was there. And they just knew that I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, which is, you know, supposedly a pretty good art school. Right. So they just, they didn't question it. Yeah. Right. But I, I could just be there and experiencing without having to like you know have this 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 justification built up around my presence you know anyway I feel like art kind of gives you that that freedom to to move around you know without having to you know write a paper about it or justify it before you have any kind of experience you know I think teaching art is like that too.
0: I signed up for a painting class. You did? Yeah, I'm taking in a painting class from um, a lovely painter. It makes me just, it's opening my eyes going, there's so many different art classes I would love to take. Yeah, me so, too. You know, t- applying my own style and stuff to learning just some new, just, I, I want to see how other people create the, their stuff. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, I think mm-hmm. it's uh, wonderful when you learn a new technique or a new material that gives you a different point of view on like, the way you create, you know, and it gives you another voice or another, uh, you know, vocabulary to work with, to, uh, do your own work. So.
0: Yeah. What color classes do you want to take art classes?
1: Um, oh my gosh, there's, uh, I guess right now I'm so, uh, kind of locked in on like the, the lasers and the 3d printing and the, I would love to to have more of a control over that. So how to design things and have them fabricated and then incorporate those things into my artwork. So like a oh, CNC milling. Mm-hmm. Sounds so it's so exciting. <laughs> like 3d, 3d printing, you know, different materials and mold making, uh, I talked my my department chair into getting a a subscription to Stan Winston School. It's an online school for like makeup artists and people who do practical effects. Oh. So it's like how to do silicone mo- molds and stuff like that, and I don't know. So stuff like that calls to me. I'd also yeah. like to take a painting or drawing class from somebody who is like hyper realistic. Mm. Kind of cure kind of curious about that because i've never i think that the kind of discipline that is required by that might be might be interesting to to learn uh what's coming up this week anything uh, that you want to
0: i just want to tell people that they're doing a great job that this is we're going to look back and go how did we even have our minds how are we even able to like function with so much uncertainty and different messages were being told in all different directions about what was we may be locked up for two years or what you know it's, or things would be reopened in a month or
1: it really is hard to plan your life when there is so much like base level uncertainty just yeah don't know what the world yeah. is going to be like agreed everybody what about you uh, well for me it's just keep my head down keep- yeah one foot in front of the other. I don't know. I've, I, it depends on the day, but some days I just really, really struggle, especially with the middle schoolers who I feel just haven't been able to, to weather this change of context very well. And they just, I get so much apathy, you know, and it just feels like dumping all this time and energy just to, to try to get the, get the creativity rolling and I just get blank stares and, you know, the work they turn in is obviously, you know, just, they don't care about. And so I'm so, you know, just personally I'm so motivated by like people really connecting and making work that they're excited about, you know, that when there's so much apathy, it just messes with my mind. And so that's been a, that's been a bit of a struggle, but um, but yeah, just, I'm just getting and getting through the end of this year and trying to be the best teacher I can until then.
0: And then I think you should be also thinking mindfully of like who your ideal students are and like visualizing that too. So you're, you're visualizing people that have that excitement and that curiosity and what age would you love to work with? Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Sabrina Ward Harrison and at Trent Reynolds Art.
1: And check out the show notes at roominthetrees.com, where you can also get in touch if you have any ideas you'd like to share.
0: If you like this podcast, please consider showing your support. You can become a subscribing patron at patreon.com forward slash room.
1: Please help us grow our audience by rating us or writing a review on iTunes. To do that, you can use the link roominthetrees.com forward slash iTunes in any phone or computer internet browser.